Hi, welcome to another episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast dedicated to answering your questions about homeschooling, parenting, marriage, language arts, family living, home management, and more. This is Donna Reish with Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar and Blog and Character Inc. Press Publishing Company. So glad you have joined us today for this Wondering Wednesday podcast episode about chores. We do have an earlier one, very, very early one, one of the first uh, five or eight or so that we have done um, last um, in spring of 2015 called Children and Chores. And you might want to listen to that one as well um, in addition to this one. And also in February, we're going to be doing one that is just based on chore sessions, how to know how to divide those up, how to know what to put in each one, how to manage the time so that things are getting done all at the same time, and so forth. So look for that in February of 2016. I do touch on that at the end, the last about 20% of children and chores uh, on the chore sessions if you want to get a head start on it. But February's podcast episode will have a lot more information about Uh, chore sessions than that one or than this one does. This one today is answering questions that parents have about age-appropriate chores. There are a lot of age-appropriate chore lists floating around on the internet and um, those can be extremely helpful and we have a new ebook coming out um, here this weekend, um, January 15th or so, uh, 2016. and it is age appropriate chores and um, age appro- I'm sorry, age appropriate chore posters, and you can check that out there. It will also be available as a freebie Friday during the month of January 2016 for free to blog and newsletter subscribers. So if you're listening to this by chance and you haven't subscribed to the blog or the newsletter and you would like to get that ebook, age appropriate. Uh, chore poster pack, you can simply um, go to the blog, Character Inc. Press, or Raising Kids with Character. Uh, Both will take you to the same spot. And subscribe to the blog or the newsletter, and you can get that for free during January 2016. Also, after January, that will be available in um, all four of our stores, um, Character Inc. Press store, uh, Teachers Pay Teachers, Teacher's Notebook, and Kerr Click. So you can get it there for a small fee uh, if you miss the January 2016 freebie. So I would like to answer questions that uh, I have often gotten about age-appropriate chores, and I would like to do this in an incremental manner going uh, from a young age up to um, tweens. So we're going to start with toddlers and go through tweens. And in keeping with my New Year's resolution, I am going to keep this at 30 minutes, so um, we'll see how far I get. First of all, uh, I hope that you have the handout in front of you. It is divided up into uh, the different aspects that we're going to be touching on, the different chronology. Um, At the top, you should see intro and tips, and um, at the bottom, you should see links. I will be referring to these some, and I just did actually refer to some. These are links for other blog posts and other podcast episodes that might help you in the same topic. So um, there are some other chore blog posts and podcast episodes. There are also some just about dailies, um, daily chores, delighting in dailies, using your timer, 
teaching children to see work in a positive light, efficiency, organization, and more. So you can check out some of those, too, to help you get organized in 2016. So uh, the first thing that I want to to delve into before I go to the very first age range is that of um, building chores into your schedule. Again, this is going to be a full podcast episode in February, but I uh, would like to say that, you know, those who fail, uh, fail to plan, plan to fail, that if you do not have a system in place for getting chores done and so forth, then, um, you know, all the chore podcast episodes and all of the blog posts and all of the books and tips and so forth will do you no good, that you really need to have it into your schedule. So you might not be ready for the three times a day uh, um, chore protocol that we followed and that I'm going to be uh, teaching on in February. Um, and you can certainly whittle that down to two. Uh, many families can get, get everything done in two chore sessions easily, and I'll also address that. But regardless of what, if you're ready for that or you're not ready for that, you do need to have a time in which your chore sessions are in your schedule. That is that they are built in so that every day they happen. And um, this is so much better than hit and miss. If you build it into your schedule, you will really get rid of a lot of that, you know, it's five o'clock. Did you do the trash yet? Did you do the trash yet? Did you do the trash yet? Mom, I can do the trash anytime. Remember, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Or start to overflow. You're supposed to watch that. If you just build it in, then you can just really reduce all of that. You know, parenting is such hard work anyway that I often question why we don't just do some of these simple things. Get a chore schedule. Do that. Every day at noon, trash is yours. As opposed to this, you know, constant... Um, having to follow up, having to check on everything, having to observe yourself when it gets full. The whole goal for me of chore sessions and giving and teaching my children to do chores, besides the obvious of teaching them to be responsible and diligent, um, which has paid off 20 times over, um, I, we have seven children, 17 through 33, so I am really, really grateful uh, that we learned all of these things many years ago. But the, my other reason for doing this was because I wanted it out of my hands. And so without putting it into the schedule, without having a certain time when things are done, a certain order, a certain protocol, a certain plan, then what you end up with is it's back in your hands again. And so you want to be sure that you have some system. And you can look at some of these blog posts and the podcast episodes that I have here. Follow us on into February. And we're also going to have a great freebie in February with chore cards, visual cards that you can use with your kids too. Um, Also with the schedule, if you're looking for, you know, where will it go and all that without me giving away the all of February's podcast episode, um, we learned from Greg Harris 25 years ago to attach it to something that's already in your schedule. For us, that was before a meal. And so, you know, the kids are going to eat. So let's just, you know, attach 15 minutes before that, 20 minutes before that, maybe even five minutes at first. You know, before we eat, this is what we're doing. And uh, just adding that to something that's already in the schedule will be very helpful. Again, give entire responsibility whenever possible. You're going to see this chronology that builds up as we go through the age-appropriate chore timeline. You'll see how it builds up and how some things are done 
you know, with an overseer, with a parent, with an older sibling, and then some things are, are the child is able to have for his own. And as the child is able to have something for his own, giving that to the child and making it his responsibility will go a long way towards getting it out of your hands and also towards making him responsible as opposed to just diligent. A child can be diligent as far as completing everything, but responsibility says, you know what, I can do it without all the extra bells and whistles, you know, with mom following me, with, you know, mom nagging me, with, you know, mom having to uh, remind me, you know, then we're taking diligence one step further into responsibility. Next is to create systems together. So many of the things that I'm going to be describing in each age range for children Though these things are often built on systems, whether it is your pantry system, your freezer system, your bookcase system, your toy shelf system, whatever your systems are. And uh, one of the things that I learned early on from 401 Ways to Get Your Kids to Work at Home is to have your kids create systems with you. And when you have your kids create systems with you, guess what? You're not the only person who can keep the system up. And the beauty of that is just, I mean, like tenfold. I mean, I could just go on and on and on about the benefits of that. For one thing, your child is learning very great thinking skills. Thought processes that children just often don't know how to do. They don't know how to think that way because nobody's ever walked them through that kind of thinking. Organizing, setting up systems, um, getting things in a certain way, those take really advanced organizing skills. And I can remember when our son, who's 20, um, started working as a junior in high school at a pediatrician's office, and he was a chart boy. Now he's an RN in, in the pediatric floor at a hospital in Fort Wayne. But at the time, he was a chart boy when he first began. And something happened that they found out that he was really good at organizing. And so they kept on putting him on organizing these samples and organizing different covers and stuff. And they said, Josiah, how did you learn how to do this? I mean, you don't expect that out of a 16 or 17-year-old boy. And he said, oh, I am really great at organizing. You should see my mom's pantry. And, um, you know, they, they were just... Well, of course, first of all, they're amazed that a 16-year-old boy knows how to clean a pantry. But, but that didn't, I didn't just say, Josiah, clean the pantry. We developed systems together. I mean, I can remember my kids sitting there with, uh, we always put our, our um, we used to, we, now we use address labels a lot, but we used to use uh, masking tape. And we would tape big strips of masking tape all over the front and back of it, like a glossy book, glossy hard, hardcover book that wouldn't rip it when we pulled it off and the child would sit there with a the Sharpie or I would sit there with the Sharpie and we would organize the shelf and get it all the way we wanted it. This is going to be vegetables. And then one of us would do vegetables. If it was a child, I would usually spell vegetables because none of my kids knew how to spell vegetables anyway, but um, they did know how to organize. So anyway, I would, and then he would write vegetables and we put it on the shelf and we would create the system together. And then all of a sudden it's his system and it's my system. And so whenever possible, create systems together. And, uh, it, you know, one thing, if you're really savvy and you have several kids as to, you know, one child is going has, works with you on the pantry system. Another child works with you on the freezer system. Another child works with you on the toy shelf system. Another child works with you on the bookcase system, whatever it might be, laundry room system, cupboards in the bathrooms, whatever. Um, 
And then all of a sudden you have everybody trained in all of your systems, but you've also taught them. I mean, just the skills that that child learns through, you know, now why would I want these mushrooms in the front instead of in the back? Well, I don't know, mom, because the big mushrooms are in the back. I know the big mushrooms are in the back, but what if we put these, you know, four ounce cans of mushrooms back there just so that they're with the mushrooms, then what happens? Well, you can't see them. Yeah, you can't see them. So, and little things like that, that you just, that you and I as mothers probably do all the time, but our kids don't know how to do those things. And, and they learn through that discussion, through that interaction, um, that verbal exchange as we are creating systems together. So definitely, you know, building in systems so that they can work them around the house so that they can keep them up too, but also so that they can carry those things over. If you've heard us talk at Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar or Homeschool Workshops, either one, you've probably heard us talk about learning hooks. We give them hooks. They hook things on them. They hook more things on them. They hook more things on And they have this whole big, long hook um, hook, hook, hook. They're all hooked together and all of those things come together. And then when they come to a new experience or another experience, they have all of those hooks to, to draw on. And they have all this information that they have gotten before. It's all linked because we're going to link it for them as we teach. And they have so much to draw on for their future. And so then all of a sudden they're organizing their books for college and they are doing something, and you're sitting there looking at them going, how do they know that? And, and you realize that it is because of working through systems with you. I, could, I just, I can't say enough about it. Um, balance of independent work versus working with you. Um, as we go through the ages, you'll see that some are working with someone and some are on their own chores. And there has to be a fine balance of working with you versus it working independently because if you work together all the time, then he never becomes independent. But if he works alone all the time, he doesn't have a check and balance system in place. He doesn't have, you know, don't expect what you don't inspect, you know, so you're not inspecting, so you can't have any expectations of that. Um, he isn't being checked on. He isn't being trained. He isn't being taught. And so you want the balance of independent work versus working with you. Um, also just in general, I talk a lot about cooking, um, because with a large family, we had seven children and, uh, we cooked for other people all the time too. We really, that was one of our family ministries was cooking for other people. And so because of that, uh, I always worked out my recipes in a step-by-step way. The, um, steps were always enumerated and, and logical. They were never in paragraph form and so forth. That's just a little tip that in general, what you want your kids to learn how to do, you need to make it as easy as it can possibly be for them to learn how to do it. And, you know, if that's recopying the recipes, I've typed up hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands of recipes through the years in, in that way. I, I mean, I would just get the recipes ready for cooking day that way, in that way, every time I cooked, every time we cooked together, because I didn't want this paragraph form that was a big blob that was indiscernible. I didn't want um, assumptions about what the child already knew because most recipes are written for adults. And so there are a lot of assumptions made about what an adult already knows that a child might not, you know. So I'd say, you know, whisk this mixture using the large whisk. You know, that was just something that I did in, in my recipes. And so, you know, you don't have to do that to that extent, obviously, but always think, 
how can I make my child successful? What can I do to help my child learn to be successful, to, to be able to do the, the tasks that we're putting before him? Okay, without further ado, let's get into the ages and stages of age-appropriate chores for children. And it looks like I have about three minutes an age, so that should be interesting. This really isn't... Um, It's laid out here in your outline, and we also have the age-appropriate chore posters coming up um, uh, January 15th, 2016, uh, as a freebie for January. And so, um, you know, it won't take terribly long to explain some of these things, but they're just little tips that I wanted to give along the way. So let's start out with the toddlers, and this um, toddler age is about a year and a half and on up. And um, I have a little grandbaby who's going to turn two in two weeks. So it's been really fun to do things with him um, and to start seeing him do little helpful things. And he's just so cute. And he likes to take a towel when I'm in the kitchen and and wipe the fronts of the cupboards and everything. And um, he's very organized. He likes to put everything away just so. And um, has even... Uh, had times where he put everything in the tub and then we just, you know, wanted to push the tub off to the side till later and he wanted to push it all the way back into the office again and he wasn't happy with that. He's very thorough already. So, um, but just even getting him started, getting children started at this age, there are some super cute um, chore, little chore sets with little brooms and mops and dustpans and things and, um, uh, you know, if you can afford that and that is something that you're interested in, um, I personally think they're absolutely positively darling, and um, that is an idea. Um, also, at this stage or right in this stage, start out with, even if you do nothing else, start out with, you know, fold, let's fold your blanket and put it in the corner of your bed. Let's put all your books back in the basket. Let's put all your toys back in the basket and so forth, that, um, that you work with him picking up after chore time. And we talked about... Um, or it says on here about setting the table or clearing the table. And the, again, these are uh, chores with help. And so they're definitely things that they would that a child would do with you. But with that, I did want to just put a plug for plastic dishes and putting them down low. Uh, we did that uh, from uh, the minute we got home from our first Greg Harris workshop and um, got rid of all of our our breakable dishes and got plastic dishes and put them down low. And they were there for 25 years. So... Um, that will just be something that he can start helping you with and then grow into. As far as becoming his own chores, the, the book and the books in the toy, book basket and the toys in the toy basket, that was always our first, our first two chores. Um, that after reading time, you know, we would put the, he would put the books in. We started out doing it with him and then he would do it himself. Uh, it's the same thing with putting his playpen time toys in a tub, um, Carrying over things, you know, if it's always his job to carry over the napkins or it's only always his job to carry over the silverware, you know, that can easily become a daily job for him. Um, and just putting things away after he's done with them. Now, you're going to start out small and um, work your way up to some things. But one of the things that I encourage at this age is that as soon as something can become regular, make that regular, whether that is just simply you know, putting three, you know, if it's just mommy and daddy and Jason, you know, whether it's just putting three, you know, plastic plates and, you know, three spoons and three forks uh, at, you know, two meals a day, that's, that's a regular thing. And that becomes, that becomes his. 
uh, like I talked about in the intro. Okay, now I want to move into the um, preschool years. And, uh, of course, we're always going back, and all the tasks listed in the previous years would obviously uh, work. So if your child is three or four, moving into the toddler years, uh, three or so, I mean, moving into the preschool years, then you can definitely just use those posters as benchmarks, hang them up and and use them as benchmarks until all the chores or the areas are taught. Uh, That's another good use for them. But he can use do all of those and be sure that he is able to complete those, and then you can move on into this list. Um, His uh, working with someone chores watering plants, working in the yard. Um, we have a, uh, a booklet uh, that was at Christmas time uh, that was a room time booklet that is a freebie. And uh, it has a lot of, um, like, the gardening tools and things like that with some links to find those. Those are just so cute. Um, straightening his room. Uh, one of the things that you can do is you can teach... A systematic way to do this. A lot of times, you know, we assume, well, straighten the room. You know, we just make assumptions. I think that way we make assumptions way too much about about what kids can do. Uh, I was reminded the other day of a situation where we used to have this small group, and well, we had a lot of small groups through the years. But in one particular small group, we had like during the worship, we were all together, and then during the teaching, the kids would go just into the very next room into a huge living room that we had. And they would play, and they would just, like, there would maybe be 20 kids, you know, uh, 1 to 10 or 1 to 11. <clears throat> so they would just destroy it. They would destroy the room. We had a lot of toys, too. I was a really big toy mom, and um, I'm still a very big toy mom, in spite of actually not liking to have very many things. But toys and books are not things that I am uh, really cut back on a lot. Well, I did just because my kids are grown, but I love toys, and I feel like they do a lot for children, Um, but I think that one of the reasons why children don't use toys very much is that we don't give them the opportunity to. We don't give them the time to. Maybe sometimes we don't tune into what their interests are. Sometimes we don't really research enough and find what really are good, good toys out there. I recommend um, Timberdoodle to help you with that, and sometimes we also... um, uh, let kids do too many electronics and then they don't learn how to play very well. So that's a whole, that's another whole plug. But at any rate, um, but systematically, so by what we would do with these kids, because when we would, you know, open the door and say, okay, it's time to clean up. A couple of them would be in tears, you know, and they would just not even know where to begin at all. And so we would say, okay, we're going to do the shout out. And they'd be get all ready because we taught them how to do this. All 20 of them. We'd say, we're going to do the shout out everybody's going to do two times your age. So hold up how many fingers you are. And they'd hold up, you know, five or six or whatever. Okay. If you do, so that means you're going to do two fives. So when I say ready, set, go, you go pick up five things and then pick up five more things. And it was just a little system that we had to help them because they could, a five-year-old who is surrounded by an entire toy room, I mean, we're talking a large toy room, um, an entire toy room of toys who just has to go over and get five things and then get five more things and put them on the shelves or wherever he got them out of, that is not overwhelming at all. And so we would use two times your age, three times your age. We use that for everything with our kids. We would say, okay, we're going to have a four to- a five times your age blitz. However old you are, get moving. This house needs to be picked up. You know, whatever it might be. Um, but that was just one system that we used. 
You can also teach them to go around the room in a certain order. You can, like, say we're going to start here at the headboard, and that's going to be 12 o'clock, and then we're going to work around 5 after, 10 after, 15 after, 20 after, and we're going to go around the room, and then we're going to go into the middle, um, or you can divide it in quads. There are different ways that we can teach our children how to pick up. Thematically, we can say, okay, we're going to pick up everything that has to do with bedding. We're going to pick up everything that is a book. We're going to pick up everything that is... um, you know, a Lego or a a little people or animal, you know, whatever. Um, But we can definitely teach them systems even in the preschool years uh, for straightening rooms. Um, Cook, pint-sized tasks. They love them. My kids used to love, love, love to be in the kitchen. I was just making some low-carb yeast dough a little bit ago, and just a little plug here. Um, My blog, Plexus to Feel Great, is uh, we are putting all of my low-carb mixes and low-carb recipes there. So check that out if you're interested in low-carb cooking and baking. But I was just making my low-carb yeast dough, and my daughter, who's um, 29, walked in, and I was like, oh, I just love working with dough. Don't you remember all the time we used to work with dough? And she was just like, oh, we used to make so many things out of dough. And it just uh, they just loved all the little tasks that they got to do in the kitchen. But again, teach them how to do something. Teach them how to do something that's really theirs, that becomes theirs and they become really good at, like stemming strawberries or tearing up lettuce with their hands or, you know, something that they can do that can become theirs all the time. Okay, where's my lettuce girl? That's what we would always call out. Okay, where's my dish boy? And um, they would come running, just sweet babies. Um, carrying in groceries. Uh, again, this is, these are things with help. Putting away canned or boxed groceries. Washing the car. Uh, Those are just a few things that you can do together. Now, when you want to move them into independent work, you want the we're going to move into the on their own chores. These are things that they can do all by themselves. So, unloading the dishwasher, we gave this job one rack at a time. You learn how to do this rack, and then you learn how to do that rack, or you learn how to do the silverware, then you learn this rack, then you learn that rack. Uh, Setting the table, we used to have those placemats with all the uh, the plate and knife and fork and cup, and that was a really good learning tool for them. Clearing the table after a meal with an older partner. We would often partner olders and youngers, or what they call the biggies and the littles, and they would work together uh, on on uh, table cleanup, especially during breakfast and lunch. In the evening, we always all cleaned up together. And there's, again, that balance of, you know, working with your kids versus working independently. You know, breakfast and lunch are usually smaller and easier, so you can pair an older with the little and... They can do that, and that can be theirs while you're doing something with another child. But then in the evening, all working together, A, it's bigger. B, uh, it gives you an opportunity to teach while you're cleaning up together. And um, we just had so have so many good memories, especially with our older kids. We used to just... Um, I had posters. You probably heard me talk about this before. We had posters on the wall of the Pledge of Allegiance and America the Beautiful and the Star Spangled Banner, and and we had all these uh, his, historic and different posters on the wall uh, in the kitchen and dining room area, and that's how they learned the pledge, the all of those songs, the national anthem. That's how they learned all of those was while we cleaned together after meals, um, putting PJs in drawer, PJ bag, pillowcase, and so forth. Um, at this stage, I used a lot, uh, a lot of times I would use what I call the dress mess room groom. Pretty sure there's a blog post about it. I know it's going to be in February's freebie, um, uh, chore cards, but, uh, I, where they put their pajamas, uh, dress mess 
room groom dress mess where they room meant they straightened up the room. They picked up anything they had out from the night before. They put away their pajamas. They put their water cup away. My kids always had books at night because they always had their lights on time where they got to look at books. And they put all that away. That was room. Groom, brush teeth, wash face, you know, whatever they have to do in the morning. Room, groom, dress. Dress, they get completely dressed and put their pajamas away. Uh, Room, groom, dress, mess. Mess, if they have any other messes in the house, they go through and pick those up real fast before we start school. So that is the room, groom, dress, mess quad where you take a, a circle and you divide it in fours. Um, again, check out the, uh, February freebie, which will be, um, uh, uh, diligent kids chore cards, um, for more on that. Making their bed, uh, I can remember when we would teach the, we taught the older kids this and then they taught their younger siblings. We taught them to lie in the bed and pull everything up over their head and then roll out and kind of squirm out of the bed um, while just lifting a corner of the cover and then flattening it all out when they were out. Sweet babies. Can you tell me smiling? Anyway, pick up all trash in a vehicle, put it into a small plastic bag. That could be a weekly chore. That could be a daily chore. Picking up trash or sticks in the yard, picking up after play, uh, loading dishes, picking up baby toys. Um, at this stage, any kind of job that you can give your child in cooking that he can do repeatedly, a just like a person, an adult is better and better at something that he does over and over again, a child will get better too. So anything that he can do all the time, like, you know, it's cereal morning, you know, that means that Josie's going to be in charge of all the cereal for today or whatever. That can become his job or her job. Empty bathroom trash cans. Um, there's my room, groom, dress mess. Matching socks, uh, vacuuming possibly, sweeping, and clearing up after a meal. Okay, we're going to move into pre-K and kindergartners, which is really kind of the five- and six-year-old age range. Um, again, working with someone else chores, there are a lot of those, and uh, a lot of that training can be taking place, taking place as a result of working together with you or um, either parent and older siblings and so forth. Um, I talked a lot about the systems in the beginning, and the same thing is true if you want them to do something that is an upkeep type of thing or a system organization, system upkeep, like uh, weekly cleaning of his bedroom, that he understands where everything goes, weekly cleaning of the toy room, uh, putting uh, certain grocery items away each week, so forth. Uh, learning to run the washer and dryer. I will say that um, following Greg Harris's uh, tips to give every job to the youngest child who can do it uh, resulted in children younger and younger being in charge of the laundry. And um, we started out, you know, with maybe a nine-year-old, you know, doing the fold-ups every day, you know, where he would gather the laundry, wash it, move it to the dryer, dry it, fold it, and put it away. And uh, we probably had one or two loads there for a while. Um, and then we got up to two or three loads every single day. And um, it was just not that big of a deal. It's, uh, I have a lot about that at the blog, about um, daily tasks and doing your daily duties and three times a day for um, laundry dishes and trash and so forth. But it's amazing that laundry just became such an undeal if that's a word, such a non-deal here, because it was just 
part of life. It was just something that we did, you know, just like you don't let your trash can overflow because it's all over the floor and it stinks and it's gross. And so it's there. You have to do it. That's how we treated laundry. And so we always did two or three loads every day. And the person who did it didn't even think it was that big of a deal. You know, I know that there are a lot of moms who are like, oh, the laundry, the laundry. But our six-year-olds just saw it as, hmm, time to put the laundry in the washer, time to put it in the dryer, time to fold it, time to put it away. Okay. And each task was, you know, three minutes, except for maybe the last one folding, it might've been five to seven minutes and then putting it away two or three. It it just became a non-deal. I think that with some of these things, if you only have small children, start out making things non-deals. Start out making them not as big as maybe we've made them to be, and they'll just become a part of your life. Helping with meal preparation, um, working with you on on that, uh, helping with baking, starting to learn how to cut and clean produce, um, working together on food preparation. Uh, just there are so many things six-year-olds can do. Four to six-year-old is one of my all-time favorite age ranges, followed very closely by every other age. So, um, yeah, four to six, they are pretty much amazing. So uh, working in the yard with you. Now we're going to move into own chore, their own chores um, on their own. And by this stage, they can have the dishwasher entirely. You know, I didn't do dishes for 20 years. There's just, it's really not needed because there are so many things that only I can do. And I worked my tail off all the time. I would never give my kids a bunch of work to do and just let them do the work. I would never give my husband a lot of work to do and just let them do the work. The only reason they did the work was so that I could do other work. Um, And so nobody ever was minded doing the work because it wasn't like they were doing it so mom could kick up her heels and watch television. We didn't even have television. But um, just that entire dishwasher, that's yours twice a day, baby. It's yours, you know. And it's just gone then. It's gone from your mind. It's gone from your... Um, you know, your list of things to do, your list of things to think about. I've been reading so much about, and I'm working on some blog posts about um, kin keeping, K-I-N, and talking about the things, and not just that, but also just um, being the designated warrior, um, being the default parent, that type of thing, where everything seems to run through mom all the time. And one of the ways that we can eliminate a lot of that is to give entirely, give that dishwasher to that six-year-old twice a day and don't ever look at it again. And, and then that's just, I mean, it's gone. And there are a lot of things that can't be gone. There are a lot of things that we have no choice over. We have to keep them for ourselves. They are ours. We are the mom. They are ours. But there are a lot of things that we can give away and we should give away. And when we do, we want to give it away entirely. We want it to be gone from our uh, possession. Cleaning the table after simple meals. I talked about that last in the last age group. Um, but definitely, you know, a six-year-old can be in charge of the, the breakfast cleanup entirely. I mean, you know, clearing up everything, washing the dishes, scrubbing them, loading them. You know, while you're working with an older child on something that's harder or while you're... Um, you know, doing something that doesn't involve that child with school. Fold and put away laundry, uh, simple microwave meals. Um, Again, there are other food preparations listed on here, but 
I like to train my kids in certain things. Like, you know, we had the grilled cheese boy. We had the macaroni and cheese boy. We had the, the muffin girl. You know, we had the bread boy. And, and they just, just like parents, just like adults, they become better at things as they do them. So I really recommend that in uh, food preparation. I recently found my old Make-A-Mix cookbook, which I'm on my third copy, but I found an old version of it, and it had the sticker on it, and it said, um, you know, mixes, and it said Kayla um, muffin mix, Josiah oatmeal mix, and Cammie uh, brownie mix, and it had all their names with their own mixes that they were in charge of, and um, it's amazing, so that can make me cry. Anyway, a lot of good memories, a lot of good learning, a lot of good times together, spending our days just together, just spending them together, just learning all the time. Anyway, um, mopping small rooms, uh, cleaning up the bathroom or kitchen. We had our certain dailies. If you listen to some of the other stuff, you'll find out about the dailies. And one of them is straighten and wiping down bathrooms, straighten and wiping down. doesn't involve a chemical. It doesn't involve a cleaner. It just is a straightening and wiping down, taking out the trash. This bathroom's done in five minutes. Um, we learned a lot of that from Don Aslett. He went to, he spoke at homeschooling conventions 20 and 25 years ago. His company is called The Cleaning Center, and his book was called Clean in a Minute. And we read that out loud, and we discussed it, and we talked about how people in motels, um, how when you're at motels and you watch the maid, and this, this was really interesting to my kids, and we all really took this to heart and started doing this when we were out and about at motels. But you watch a maid at a motel, and you watch everything she does. And I talk to the kids, you know, look how she goes around the room. Look how it's wiped down, it's refill, it's move, take out trash, wipe down, move out, fold towels, next thing. And look how fast that all goes. And a few things, this isn't really the place for this, but I'm going to say this anyway because I'm going to run out of time. It's not that it's not the place, it's just, I don't have time. But anyway, a few things. First of all, she's usually not working around messes. You know, a lot of times people straighten up their motel room before the maid comes in. And so that was one thing that we talked about a lot. Another thing um, was that uh, she was so efficient and she didn't do weekly things when she was trying to do a daily thing. So we were very, I was very, very careful about dividing work up into dailies and weeklies. I think we have a tendency, I know I have, I'm an all or nothing person. And I think we have a tendency to do that with a lot of things in life where the house is either a complete wreck or it's completely ready for company. And the thing about motel maids is that that's not how they operate. It's a daily, or maybe it might be a weekly to change the sheets. Maybe it's not, but it's a daily. So what kind of things are daily? Dailies belong to six-year-olds. I'll just say that right now. Dailies belong to six-year-olds. Seven, eight, six through nine. This pre-K and K, and then this early elementary, or the elementary ages, those are the ones who own the dailies because they are, they can get really, really good at them and they can do them fast and they can do them every day. And a lot of the things that are really troublesome that you think you can't get around because it's just staring you in the face all the time, it can be overcome with instituting dailies with all ages of children. All right. There are a lot of, um, goals, um, that you can do. You can also move into weeklies, but I wouldn't really worry so much about the weeklies uh, for this age as much as I would just the dailies because just getting that stuff done every day and something that he gets really, really good at um, 
over time. All right, I want to move into, I'm way over my time, I'm going to talk very briefly about elementary and then tweens. Um, first of all, working with someone else, I can't say enough about family cleaning days. We used to call these big work days, and um, you know we're having a big work day Saturday, our dad's taking a vacation day, we're having a half a big work day, whatever, and we could just teach so many skills through that and get so much accomplished with a lot of people working together and working hard. Um, there are a lot of things that you still want to watch during this time, during the 7 to 10-year-old, you know, have, that you have done things with him first, that he's able to operate the stove and the oven and some easy appliances, um, griddle, crock pot, electric skillet, blender, mixer, and so forth. He's able to operate those as a result of having done it with you for a long period of time. And so we, we used to have what you know we called the sous chef or the, ex, or the uh, chef's assistant. And that really helped because that would give me a time every day to teach a child a skill. Um, but you want to be sure that you're close by during that and that you're helping him um, learn those things. Um, packing. We move into packing and, and those kind of not-so-frequent skills they're gonna, it's going to take a lot of time to teach them those skills because it's n they're not done all the time. And so you want to be sure that, again, you're working with the child and you're teaching, um, you're teaching the child as you go. Why do we pack this way? What do we need to put in a packing list? You know, that kind of thing. Um, we always pack together. And so we would have a big packing morning on the day we were going on a trip. And so the kids got really, really good at it. And they can. They can learn it all. Uh, chores on their own at this age, you know, they can make complete meals. Uh, I like to, again, teach them certain dishes. So the tuna casserole was always yours. The spaghetti meatballs was always yours. That type of thing. Uh, just because you, they can really learn to get really, really good at certain ones. Having a certain area that the child keeps weed-free is a really good responsibility for the tween years. You know, obviously they can mow and do all the yard work, but if they're just responsible for something that's theirs, this has to look a certain way, I think that they really get ownership and step up to the plate. Um, dishes from start to finish. Um, daily bathroom cleaning I talked about last time. Uh, simple daily type of refrigerator cleaning. I talk about this in the blog um, that a refrigerator doesn't need a lot. A refrigerator is like a preschooler. Uh, it doesn't need a, a long period of time given to it, attention-wise. It just needs short spurts here and there. And uh, so teaching them, you know, I want, you know, every day you're going to organize this shelf and uh, check the, the produce and rotate things through. You know, it might be a one-minute job, maybe a three-minute job, but it gets done that way by assigning it. Um, talk a little bit about babysitting here, um, that, you know, be sure that they are taught, that they are skilled, and uh, that they know what they're doing, and they're not left in and over their heads with too small a children uh, with too many needs or uh, unable to take care of choking, those type of things. All right, when we talk about tweens now, uh, this is a time where we want them to learn everything. This is it. We're going to go all out and make sure that he can do everything. And this list is really extensive, uh, working with someone else, but the goal is that this working with someone else becomes the entire teen list, the entire upper tween list, that that can be his, his completely, entirely on his own. 
Um, so, uh, a lot more detailed in skills, you know, if maybe they were doing two loads of fold ups a day, you know, now we want, okay, how do you take care of preventive press? Um, our laundry system was a simple one. It was a fold up and a hang up. <laughs> and, um, then we would do the hang ups. We would divide them out into like jeans and dark red and dark blue and stuff like that. And then into more delicate hang ups. But by dividing it into hang-ups and fold-ups, that fold-up basket, twice a day, that went to the youngest child. Um, just that division made it simple to get rid of that. Uh, teaching them how to scrub things correctly, um, how to do all different types of cooking and different types of cook kitchen utensils and so forth. On their own, you just really want from you know, 11 or 12 and up, you want them to just be able to do everything. And so, you know, if you're at the stage where you have a 14 year old who can't do very many things, that is what this weekend's uh, freebie, the age appropriate um, chore posters is all about. Just go back. Don't worry about it. Just go back, put it on your clipboard, go back to uh, the stage before or the stage before that if needed, and just really get it going and get it assigned and start making sure. And and the thing about it is that when you do things where you are uh, recouping, because I know we have this writing program called Jumpstart that's going to come out this spring, and it basically takes uh, like a 7th, 8th, ninth grader from a fourth grade writing level up to an eighth grade writing level in one semester. And it is, and it's because they might have missed the skills that they needed to get to, to be an eighth grade writer, even though they're maybe in ninth grade, but they have the maturity to learn quickly. And the same thing is true with these, with the chore situations. They might have missed, maybe you, maybe you missed the, the bill, you know, maybe you just really did not do what you needed to do. That's okay. If you have a 14-year-old, you go back to that, you know, elementary list and just go through it. You don't have to show it to him. You don't have to make a big deal out of it. After all, it probably was your fault, but just go back and he'll learn quickly. He can learn quickly, especially if you're there with him working every step of the way and teaching him. So I hope that this has been helpful to you, the age-appropriate chores, and that you will join us for even more helpful information uh, in February when we talk about the three chore sessions a day, and that you will subscribe to our blog and uh, get these freebies that are coming up, and that you will share uh, Character Inc. Press and Raising Kids with Character and Plexus to Feel Great with other people. Thank you so much. This has been Donna Reesh with Wondering Wednesday podcast.